0: Welcome to Edge of Sports, the podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. We got a hell of a show for you this week. We are talking to the star and director of the new film Miles Ahead, which is a very, very alternative biopic type of deal. I'm talking about the one and only Don Cheadle. We're going to talk to Don Cheadle about his love of Miles Davis, about his cousin who played on the Missouri football team, as in Missouri going on strike against racism football team. And we talked to Don Cheadle about the passing of Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest. And that goes to our second guest, DJ, author, wordsmith, documentary filmmaker, streetball legend, Bobito Garcia, a.k.a. DJ Cucumber Slice, AKA Cool Bob Love, AKA one half of the New York hip hop show of all hip hop shows in the 1990s. I'm talking about the Stretch and Bobito show. Bobito Garcia is also somebody who knew Tribe Call Quest before Tribe Call Quest was even a group, knowing Q Tip in the downtown New York club scene. And of course, we're going to have a ton of music. Any show that's built around Miles Davis and Fife Dog is going to have music for days. So without further ado, let's take it to a hotel room in Georgetown where I'm going to sit down with Don Cheadle. And before I do, let me just say that um, I fought to do this interview. I know this is a sports and politics show, but Miles Davis is near and dear to me. I saw him play live twice when I was barely a tween in New York City, and I was able to go up to him once and actually ask him a question. And I was super shy, and I said, Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Davis, um, how do you get so good on the trumpet? And Miles Davis, who I found out years later, he happened to like children a hell of a lot more than he liked grownups. He actually, he smiled at me. This big smile uh, beneath the sunglasses, beneath the conch. And he looked at me and he said, you got to practice, baby. You got to practice. It ain't the talent. It's the practice. And I always loved that, and that's always stayed with me to this day. And so to be able to talk to Don Cheadle, who is just inhabiting Miles Davis in this performance in the film Miles Ahead, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. If you're going to tell a story, come with
1: some attitude, man. Ah,
0: uh, Miles Davis. My name's Dave Braden, Rolling Stone Magazine. I'm here to do your comeback story. Okay, move back a little bit. Yeah. Oh! out of all possible passion projects. Why this one? Why Miles Davis?
1: This, you know, this is something that I was not, you know, it wasn't on my bucket list. I wasn't reaching out to do this. In fact, I was trying to not do any more movies based on historical figures. I'd done five up to, you know, this point, and I kind of wanted to play somebody that was from the era that I I was existing in. But it's something that had, had been in the ether and had kind of been swirling around me for a while. And then famously, Vince Wilburn announced at the Rock and Roll 2006 induction ceremony for Miles Davis when asked if there was going to be a, a movie about his life, that, yeah, there was, and Don Cheadle was going to play him. So <laughs> the, the gauntlet was kind of thrown down. Yeah, yeah I, I, I
0: was pressed into service. I was not, you know, <laughs> You were asked. drafted yes, to I play was drafted. Miles Davis. Yeah, my goodness. Double a, yeah. So yeah, you've obviously worked with a lot of great directors. What's it like to work with Don Cheadle? He's kind of an asshole. He's a dick, huh? Yeah, he is. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you get
1: with what you got to get. I mean, it, it was really great to have the people that I had with me, the keys in all departments, my producing partners, my cast members that got the drill and they knew what it was going to take for me to be able to do this and they knew the herculean task that i was taking on and they were just there as support and and really once they believed that i was really trying to empower them to be a part of the
0: process and collaborate they helped me be a director wow you know i, I saw miles live and he would enter his own world so intensely even turning his back to the audience to play his music How, what was that as an acting challenge for you to have to play someone whose passions were so internal well, you know, that's kind of what our
1: exercise was with this film was to attempt to externalize that internal process, and kind of dramatize all of that torpor and angst and creative fire that was happening. So the car of chases and all the all of that stuff, yeah. you know, it's metaphor and it's all a way to express what's going on there. You know, when you have a framing device of the storyteller being Miles Davis. When he says, I'm going to tell my story, and he puts a trumpet to his lips, and he blows, and this is the movie, we're kind of being very forthright about what that is.
0: And now you play some trumpet, I was reading, how much of what we hear is you? Well, you're not hearing me when it's
1: Miles, we're going to play Miles, you know, we're not going to
0: do Blue and Green and hear Don Cheadle's version
1: of Blue and Green, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to listen to Miles.
0: Um, Did you play underneath it, maybe. I was
1: playing through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you turned off the audio, that's overdubbing, you'd hear me playing. Um, I learned all those solos, and I really uh, thought it was important that I understand, you know, viscerally what that process was. So, and Keon Harold also uh, overdubs
0: a lot of what I'm doing. Wow. Now, the film shows Miles' as musical genius and does not shy away from his demons, particularly the issue of violence against women. As you, I'm sure you're aware, there are serious debates right now from people ranging from David Bowie to Bill Cosby about whether their private lives overshadow their public genius. Can we and should we separate art from artists, and how do you do that? I
1: think we do it all the time. Uh, should we, though? I, I don't—that word, should— I don't think we're talking about things that are binary. I think the challenge becomes, how do you contain both? And does one vitiate the other? If you knew nothing about Pollock's life and you just looked at his artwork, can you appreciate it? But then once you find out what kind of person he is, does that now mean that piece of art is invalidated? That's an individual reaction, you know what I mean? People do respond differently about the thing that they've seen a person do once they have pulled back the curtain and seen who they are. So I don't think it's be, it's about a should we, or should we not? I think there is a holistic reality to all of us and we are sums of all of our parts. And if you want to personally judge someone's work is no longer relevant or, or something you can enjoy because of what you know about them, then that's completely valid and up to the individual
0: now miles genius of course it transcends genre uh, i have fusion miles albums bebop i even have his hip-hop album yep, Doobop. Doobop.
1: which one touches you most deeply depends on the day you know it really does it really it depends does? on the mood i'm in wow. it depends on you know, I've listened to Circle in the Round when I'm sitting at a poker table and I want to be in that sort of meditative, concentrating space. Is brew, you know, if you want to be in an expansive, broad mind space, you know, boom. Jack Johnson stuff is just so funky and deep. The cellar door sessions, I mean, the remixes and all the bootlegs that came out recently and all the stuff in in Europe. You can go anywhere with his music, find any way you want to plug in. And that's what's amazing about Miles Davis. He touched all of it.
0: It makes him singular, too, because it's still him, even though he's doing these different genres. You never doubt that it's Miles. And who else has done it? You know? Exactly. Who else?
1: And for a lot of people, they rejected him for that very reason. And, you know, once he left acoustically, uh, once he moved away from just that way to express himself and was off of that second super group, a lot of people that I know were like, I don't have anything to do with Miles after that. Someone came in here and said, well, the film is, you know, it's just jazz and you know how jazz is free form. It doesn't have anything. It's like, well, first of all, it's uh. not. But secondly, Miles did not define himself in that way. So I can understand people needing to put you in a box and, and kind of, to find you so that they can feel comfortable about how they approach you, but that's something that Miles didn't do so I wanted to create a movie that felt like an experience as opposed to checking off a bunch of boxes.
0: Now, now I'm blessed that at age 13 I got to ask Miles one question. I walked up to him sheepishly got to ask him one question I'm very curious if you could do that. Go up to him now and ask him one question, what that would be. I'd I'd say what's next. Hmm. That's a good question. I wonder what his answer would be.
1: I, I imagine he would be trying to mess with the sonics of the day. want to work with Alabama shakes what do you want to work oh. with 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 Kendrick Lamar probably you know Kamasi Washington those guys I think he 's all about he was all about and is all about whatever is happening now mm. you know
0: what 's happening now is what miles is about Wow now I, I wanted to do this interview I, I really pushed to do this interview because of my love of miles and my love of your work. Uh, my podcast, ostensibly, is about um, sport, the intersection of sports and politics. Mm. And so I did want to ask you. Are, and those are indecipherable right now. Oh, I know, right? I mean, no. it's almost <laughs> the same thing, this well, election cycle. And, and uh, y- your last name is part of this story right now, if not your first name, in your cousin, Logan Cheadle. Yeah. He went to Missouri, and Missouri sent the sports and politics axis spinning with their decision to go on strike last fall against racism. And I guess I want to know your thoughts about what they did at Missouri, about these young young athletes taking the, the destiny of their school in their hands? Well,
1: I think it was unprecedented and it was clearly something that was strongly felt not only from the players, but the coaching staff. I mean, they all stood behind that decision and said, we are one family. Uh, so I think when it doesn't just seem like it's some one-off sort of a demonstration done for some uh, ulterior purposes, but rather it's in the entire culture of that program, it's something that you have to look at and, and, and
0: take seriously. Mm. And another thing that you did, which is just tattooed on my brain, is you were part of Howard Zinn's "The People Speak," and you uh, spoke in Frederick Douglass. And this is where we'll actually throw in a little clip of you being Frederick Douglass. How, <laughs> how did you? How did that even happen? And what was that like to? Inha- I mean, you inhabiting Miles Davis. What was it like to inhabit Frederick Douglass? A, a, a little different than yeah, that. Uh, but you that's, know, that's range people.
2: Frederick Douglass reminds us of the need to be vigilant in the struggle against injustice.
0: The whole history of
1: the progress of human liberty shows that all concessions yet made to her august claims have been born of earnest struggle. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. This struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, or it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will.
0: My wife teaches D.C. history, and we are in D.C., and so I'd ask you, Petey Green, Yeah. how did that even happen? You playing Petey Green, legend here locally.
1: Wake up, goddammit! Petey Green back on the scene! Washington DC. No, nah, this is P Town. Oh, did you miss me? Well, I miss y'all too. Had to cut it a little short yesterday. Man, I don't know who's worse. So Free to help! I'm right locked in my office! Off. See a Negro get a little money in his pocket and now we can't talk about him no more. Shoot. Hey, look look here, man. Yeah, Peter Green, that's another one of those projects that, you know, had been kicking around for a while and people have been trying to get it made and it was a very challenging, uh, great script. Um, Casey Washington uh, Casey Lemons rather uh, director really talented director or uh, Eves Bayou yeah it was classic yeah, yeah we just had a you know a, a great time on that on that movie Taraji Henson Cedric and Chiwetel Ejiofor just all of us had a really 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 good time with that movie wow which may not be much longer so I'm gonna go on ahead and get my money's worth they're gonna have to take my title just like they did Ali and see that's what I'm talking about right there
0: I can only say so much
1: in this so they break you down. Well, guess what? I'm telling it. That's right. and I'm gonna keep on telling it. Some of it you gon' like, some of it you ain't. If you got something to say, give me a call. If you
3: disagree, you ain't tell
1: me like a
0: man. And lastly, I'd be we're talking about jazz and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. This week we uh saw the passing of uh, Fife Dog. Of Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, revolutionary in terms of bringing jazz into hip hop. Just your thoughts about Tribe Call Quest. Were you a fan? Your thoughts about jazz and hip hop? Your thoughts about Fife's passing, please? For
1: sure. I mean, the low end theory, it's like I remember where I was when I heard Check the Rhyme.
2: Check the Rhyme.
1: I mean I literally remember it like when people go do you know where you were when this person was shot or this event happens like I remember the street I was driving on and I was in Minneapolis I was doing a play. And I pulled the car over and turned it all the way up. And I was Mm. like, what is this? And I called my boy immediately and I was like, Jason, have you heard Check the Rhyme? He's like, have I heard Check the Rhyme? And we just had like a whole conversation about it. And then Pete Rock and CL Smooth came on right after that. And I just remember saying, oh, it's different now. Mm. You know, now the music that I've loved forever and have always been thinking about when are we going to find the next thing that's happening in hip hop? When are we going to get unlocked from this kind of these kind of samples that we've been hearing and then boom so absolutely i mean you know r.i.p five dog
4: all the time tip you're point five all the time, Tip You're on point, of
3: life. All the time, Tip But then grab the microphone And let your words rip Now here's a funky
4: introduction Of how nice I am Tell your mother Tell your father Send a telegram I'm like an energizer Cause you see I last long My who is is never ever whack Because we stand strong Man, if you say my style is racked That's where you're dead wrong I say that body And El Segundo Then push it along You'll be a fool To reply the fight is not the man Cause you know And I know That you know who I am special-
0: Don Cheadle Thank you so much for joining us, man I really do appreciate the time. Thank you Thank you Don Cheadle And now our interview with DJ Cucumber Slice A.K.A. Cool Bob Love A.K.A. Bobito Garcia How you doing Bob?
2: I'm, I'm doing great Dave, peace and thanks for having me on
0: No I couldn't think of anybody else I wanted to have on I'm being very frank Like I reached out to you and I reached out to Chuck D And I was like if I can't talk to either of those folks I'm just going to talk about Fife My own self <laughs> Because it's like I'd say, like, who else would I really want to talk to at this point? Let, let me uh, just ask you right straight up, man. Because you just your your immediate reaction when you heard that Fife passed.
2: Well, um, I was. Uh, it's it's interesting. I was sending a, a new artist, a new up and coming hip hop artist, some music to listen to to broaden her range of knowledge of rhythm. Particularly Afro Cuban, poly rhythms from Africa. And she hit me back and she was like, Did you hear about the earthquake? And so I'm calling her. And I was like, like, really? I'm like, What is she talking about? And then she said, You know, we just lost Fife. And I, that's how I found out, uh, oh. was through a, through an email. So, um, you know, Fife was a huge, huge, huge fan of basketball. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he was at the forefront of wearing jerseys in videos which sparked in the late 90s, uh, you know, that, that huge, huge resurgence of uh, throwback jerseys that, you know, I mean, hip-hop had a lot of influences, and that that was one of them, uh, was apparel. And Fife was really, like, on the cutting edge of, of that because he's such a fan and um, and made a lot of references to basketball and his music and stuff.
0: Such and a fan. I, it's, it's even yeah. hard to think of any other hip-hop artist who incorporated sports, to the degree that Fife did, not just in terms of his rhymes, but also just in terms of interviews, interests, people he reached out to. I mean, his sports, I mean, like yourself, I mean, sports was an for him an integrated part of hip-hop. They were inextricable. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm always hesitant to call sports or basketball hip-hop. I mean, I mm-hmm. know that some publications and some people... Some media have tried to do that. Um they're two separate things, but yeah, of course they're tied together forever. But I mean, you know, if I figured one step further, I mean, in recent years he was scouting on the high school circuit and mm-hmm. you know, really, really got deeply involved, entrenched in high school basketball, uh, with the school in Connecticut. So, you know, I mean he he was really pursuing that and doing well with it. And that's that's not a transition we quite often see. I mean, it's a dot X. From the Newbians, played Division One basketball. Uh, was a great in high school up in New Rochelle. Most recently, he could be found coaching on the AAU level uh, for Riverside Church, and um, you know he had played for Riverside back in the day. So he, you know, Fife is not an anomaly in that. You know, he, he was a, a hip hop legend who, in later years, really got got entrenched in basketball, but. So my, my tribute to him, but you know, I, was, I, was, I went on Instagram, I saw a lot of people like posting photos of him and stuff. And so I was at a basketball court, which I'm, that's what I often do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I took a photo of a rim and there was a, a light shining from the sun reflecting off of the backboard. And so I just wrote on Instagram, like, yo, fight! this is for you. Keep shining. I mm-hmm. just left it like that. That was like my, that was my way of being like, yo, props. great to know you, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh. I keep rocking.
0: Mm, We're here talking to Bobito Garcia. Uh, Bobito, your rise as a a DJ in New York, I mean, it's concurrent with the rise of Tribe Called Quest from a group no one knew to a global phenomenon. Do you remember when you first met Fife and Tribe? Yeah, of course. Um, Well, interestingly enough, I knew TIP
2: uh, for maybe a year or two years before Tribe even got signed. And he was just a constant on the downtown club scene. And, you know, we always showed each other a lot of respect. I didn't really come across Fife for years. You know, Tip was really uh, great about making sure that even though Tribe was an established band in 89, I me and Stretch started our radio show in 1990. Tip constantly came up to the show and brought up Matt Skills and brought up Cameron and, you know, and, and just made multiple appearances. Fife, on the other hand, though, as cool as he wound up being when I finally did meet him, he never came to me and the show <laughs> in the eight years that we were together. But when me and Stretch split up, you know, funny stories. Bife came up when he had a, a solo project on an indie label, a single called. It was Act Like You Know mm-hmm. or Act Like You Want It. And uh, so he, he came up. You know, we were all bugging out. I'm up there with Lois here. Me and Stretch aren't doing a show at this point. It's like 1990 to 2000. And uh, it's his first time on WKCR, 89.9 FM. So, of course, he knew the heavyweights of freestyles that had come before him, uh, you know, from Nas to Big E to Big L, Jay-Z, Eminem, Wu-Tang, on and on and on, who had appeared on the show. So he's rhyming off the top of the head, and he's killing it. And we're all, like, you know, celebrating him, and, you know, he's making his basketball fan references <laughs> and his lyrics, you know, off the top of his head. And uh he's talking about food and it was just <laughs> which I'm serious, it was, it was just a ball. He was a great guest. He was a great guest. And then he was having such a good time after the mic break, he stayed. And he's hanging out with us and now it's like four AM, four thirty. I mean, you know, we had a late night program for one five. Like four fifteen, four twenty, we get back on the air <laughs> and Fife falls asleep on air. <laughs> on on the mic.
0: <laughs> so, like, Had that ever happened before, or was that a stretch in Babito first? Uh, that, no, <laughs> I mean,
2: come on, like I, you know, I think I drooled on the mic one night, and you know, Stretch probably drooled maybe a, more than a couple times. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was like you know, after four AM, like anything went. <laughs> but the thing that that I, I want to share with people about fight with this is a testimony to what a cool dude he was. Like he woke up, and like we were all like laughing at him, like on air live, like, ah, you fell asleep yeah. <laughs> You know, he woke up, smiled, started laughing, like, you know, very affable, was able to laugh at himself. He knew he was the butt of the joke and he just rolled with it. You know, a lot of dudes in hip hop they take themselves very serious, maybe too serious and you know, might gotten upset, like, Yo, why are you trying to play me or whatever, but that's my impression of Fife. Like he was just a good mm-hmm. dude, very fun loving. Had some great, great catchphrases, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Puerto Rican and Haitian. yeah. I mean, yeah, Hey, yo, my man, Five Diggy, he got something to say.
4: I like him, brown, yellow, Puerto Rican and Haitian. Name is Five Four from the Zulu Nation. you're yeah. in the jam that we could get down. Now, let's not the boost like the group H10 bedroom wall but i'm above the rim and this is how i bore a gritty little something on the new york street this is how i represent over this here beat talking about you shout out
2: to Lula nation you know which is the original organization of of hip-hop culture so i mean you know there's really nothing bad to say about him you know it's just a good dude and um and he'll be missed
0: you know, he'll be missed how do you explain how tribe was able to mesh so well you mentioned q-tip otherwise known as the abstract and you've got mm. fife who said you know he was as hard as two day old bleep and yet they, <laughs> and yet they played off each other and were able to work off each other as if they're you know as if they're running Daryl mcdaniel and yet yeah. they're speaking yeah. on two entirely different levels how was that able to work and do you think that uh the the friction, but I mean, I'm talking artistic friction between yeah. Tip and Fife is one of the things that also made Tribe something that couldn't necessarily, like, just tour for 30 years and tour forever.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you take a step back and look at the history of hip-hop and the standout groups of every era, like, you know, Run DMC, hands down, has the 80s on lock. I mean, mm-hmm. you know... Well, I mean, you know, Public Enemy gave Run DMC a kind of run for that money as well. But I think if push comes to shove, yeah, you know, in terms of the artists that made the most stamp, it'd be Run DMC for the 80s. Now, moving forward from 89 to 93, that four year period, which is monumental for lyrics and for beats.
4: text since that quest was whacked, but now is that the case? I have a quest to have a mic in my hand. Without that, it's like Kryptonite and Superman. So, shall he come in with the sugar cuts? I thought my name, but on stage, call me Dynamite. When was the last time you heard the pipe for sloppy? Live Bricks Anonymous, you never hear me copy. Top notch, baby. Never come unless less, guys. The limit you got to believe up in quest. Sit
2: back, relax, get up off the path. I mean, from eighty nine to ninety three, tribe has it. Uh, Gangsta, EPMD, Jungle Brothers, De La Soul. I mean, there's a lot of bands in that four-year period that really changed the face—not of hip-hop, but of the course of music. Period. Mm.
0: What happened in '89, '90 that allowed that? Well, was it the individual genius of was, people like Premier and Ali Shaheed, or was it what did something happen it, in the was culture?
2: A, there was a, a number of things. There was a, a shift in production where. Previously, if you look at the early 80s, we had the hand-clap era. If you will, like, you know, very simple uh, Beat Machine production. Mid-80s, Molly Maul comes in with the sampler and starts, you know, killing it on the funk breaks and the, and the b-boy breaks. Oh one
3: two, oh one two, oh one two, oh one two. I I like to introduce myself. My name is Biz
4: and I'm the human orchestra called Biz
2: And then, like towards the late late '80s, you know, Jungle Brothers beat nuts.
3: Watch out now. Yeah.
2: Pete Rock, Lars Professor, you know, Paul C., and Q Tip, Ali Shaheed, you know, of Tribe. They're all contributing to a new layer, a new nuance in hip hop production.
3: Firm and young with a laid back tongue. The aim is to succeed and achieve at twenty one, just like ringling brothers out days in a town. Captivate the masses, the frozen profound. Do it for the strong, we do it for the weak. Booming in your booming in your booming in your Jeep or your Honda or your Beamer or your legend or your Benz. The rave of the town to your foes and your friends.
2: They caused a variant in BPMs, which didn't really exist prior. Uh, so now you have incredible songs that are no longer danceable, but just listenable. But prior, you, in the 80s, you had to have, your songs had to be danceable to be heard. But in the 90s, you start to get the head nod music.
3: So raise up, Squire, adjust your attire. We have no time to wallow in the mire. If you're on a foreign path, then let me do the lead. Join in the essence of the Kula breed. The Kula to the music
2: Tribe was part of that movement towards sampling jazz, towards sampling Mm -hmm. really avant-garde music, uh, a lot of rare music, um, music that on its own, in its original form, was not danceable, Mm -hmm. you know, but then Tribe made it danceable. Mm -hmm. And Fife, although he may not have had the hand in the production, he had the hand in his voice being an instrument that was part of that production.
4: Competition, them try to come sideways, but competition, they must come straight, wait. Competition, them try to come sideways, but competition, they must come straight, wait. How's about that? It seems like it's my turn again. All through the years, my mic has been my best friend. I know some brothers wonder, can Piper really kick it? Some even want to diss me. But why sweat it? I'm all into my music, cause that's how I make tapes. Try to make hits like it Capri makes tapes. Me sweat another, I do my own. Strictly hardcore tracks, not a new jack swing I grew up as a cushion, so did I give thanks Collect my bangs, listen to shabaranks I sing and chat, I do all of that It's 1991 and I refuse to come back I take off my hat to other crews that tend to rock But the low and theory's here It's time to wreck shop, I got tip and shot huh? So whom shall I fear? Uh-huh. Stop looking, listen, but please don't stare uh-huh. So jet to the store and buy the LP yeah. or drive RCA Sets and CDs Produced and arranged by the four-man crew And oh shit, Ansela, He gets props too Make sure you have a system
2: with some- Along with Tip And yes, you know, that's what made them work Was that if Fife tried to be abstract Like Tip was
4: We get the job done So peace to that crew yeah, peace to this crew Bring on the tour
3: We'll see you at a theater near as Hey yo, but wait, back it up Easy, back it up Please let the abstract embellish on the cut. Back and forth just like a cameo song. If you dig this joint then please come dance along to the music because it's done, just hold the line. Now I got to scat and get mine. Underline the jazz. The
2: you know, every every group allows their lane. I mean, you know, you look at Wu-Tang, which is the next great super group that comes out of hip-hop, you know, in 93. So, like, so now Tribe has Midnight like, Marauders in 93. and
4: Seven times out of ten, we listened to our music at night. Thus spawned the title of this program. The word maraud means to loot. In this case, we maraud for ears. Linden Boulevard represent, represent zen. Tribe called Quest represent, represent zen. When the mic is in my hand, I'm never hesitant. My favorite jam back in the day was Eric B for president. Rude White composer, step to me, you're over. Brothers wanna flex, you're not mad Cobra. MC short and black, there ain't no other, Trinity born black like me, your longs grandmother. Tippin' shot, they all that. Pipe dog ditto, honey. Tell your man to chill, chill. Or else you'll be a widow. widow. Did not you know that my style's a top dollar? Defy for the five foot assassin I can fleas off his collar. Hip hop scholar, since the and had to a duck. The Hide a Mugsy bows. Complexion of a hockey puck, you better ask somebody on how we flip the script. Come to a
3: tribe show and watch the three kids rip, rip. Queens in the house represent, represent. A quest represent, represent, no rep represent, represent Uh
2: uh-huh, here we go. After that they kinda of scale down and then you know, Wu Tang kinda of ushers in a, a new era of of sound. So like but for four years tribe had it. Yeah. You know? it, Mid- yeah. Midnight Marauders is, is I think
0: is so ridiculous. underrated. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's,
2: top, it's their best album and it's top five
0: hip-hop albums of all time. See, I, I think that it's a very defensible case to make that. I think, you know, certainly one can make the case that Low End Theory is a top three album ever I mean, obviously, we could argue about that stuff all day, but I will sure. say, for for low, one of the things that makes Low End Theory, of course, is Fife. Now, I'm just going to give my impressions, and I just want your your response, if possible. Uh, like mm-hmm. you know, you hear people's instinctive travels. That's Tribe Called Quest's first album, and Q-Tip yep. is like shining like a light with mm-hmm. Jarobi being the voice in between the tracks, and then you put on Low End Theory comes out, and I'll never forget. You know, there's that first song on it.
3: Back in the days when I was a teenager, before I had status and before i had a pager you can find the abstract listening to hip-hop my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop i said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles way the bobby brown is just amping like michael it's all expected things are for the looking if you got the money quest is for the booking
0: come on everybody and that's like all Q tip and you're thinking like, Oh, this is amazing, tip is oh my god. And then bugging out comes on and the first thing is microphone check one two, what is this? Five foot assassin with the roughneck business. And we're all hearing this. I'll n i will remember where I dude, I mean it's like I remember where I was when I heard yeah. bugging out and we were all just like, Fife, oh my god, who knew we had the and Yo
4: microphone check one two what is this? The five foot assassin with the rough business. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat our seniors to gain some type of fame. No shame in my game, cause I always be the same. Styles upon styles upon styles is what I have. You wanna just a for, but you still don't know the half. I sport new balance sneakers to avoid a narrow path. Messing around with this to against the size of the I never have stuck, cause I'm not a half stopper Drink a lot of soda, so they call me Dr. the pepper. If P.S. competition, your name is special so won't you suckle with the mission. I never walked this think it's all about me, even though deep in my heart it really could be. I just try my best to like go all out. Somebody uh, even said you're shooting uh, back, you're bucket uh,
0: uh. out. And then Fife, yeah. I felt like like grabbed that I mean, if not took it from Tit like he at least co ran that album.
2: All throughout Tribe's history, I was always happy to hear them together and never really pitted one against the other as greater or less I always felt that they had a good harmony and left, mm. it, and left that alone I, I, you know Fife was just a fun loving yeah, nice guy that really enjoyed making music for people and, and that's how you should be remembered
0: Bob, how, how can people keep up with what you're doing man like everything that you do. doing <laughs> what's the best way man
2: uh, you,
0: you know I'm at cool Bob Love
2: with a K um, across all social media, and um, you know, I'm just a big fan of You know, Like he's, he's a cool dude. You know, he got to play one on one against Kenny Anderson. One, you know, I did. That one, was embarrassing. One, one cold, one cold spring afternoon. So
0: in in Left Rack City, <laughs> that was Bobito Garcia. Big shout out to WPFW here in Washington, D.C., where we recorded that interview with Babito Garcia for my terrestrial radio program, The Collision, that I host every week with NBA player Atan Thomas on 89.3 FM. Can I kick it? Yes, you can.
4: Can I kick it? Yes, you can. 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 Well, I'm born. Born, then. Can I kick it to my tribe that flows in layers? Right now, Fife is a point sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor. Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? You'll be doing us a really big favor. Boy, this track really has a lot of flavor. When it comes to rhythms, Quest is your savior. Follow us for the funky behavior. Make a note on the rhythm we gave you. Drop your pants, yack your hair. Do you like the garments that we wear? I instruct you to be the obeyer A rhythm recipe that you save us. Doesn't matter if you're minor or major Yes, the tribe of the game, with a player As you inhale like a breath of fresh air
0: That's the music of Fife Dog and A Tribe Called Quest. Thank you, Babito Garcia, for taking the time to chop it up with us about Fife, a.k.a. Malik Taylor, uh beats. in beats. As people are saying, rest in beats. Uh, And now it's time for some choice words. Uh, This week, it is about why the NBA needs to move the 2017 All-Star Game from Charlotte, as in now. So, look, when Jason Collins became the first openly gay player in the NBA, League Commissioner Adam Silver said the following. He said, quote, I have mixed feelings because I'm enormously proud that the first openly gay player is playing in the NBA. On the other hand, this is so long overdue that I don't think this should necessarily be on the list of the greatest accomplishments of the league. This is an area where no one in sports should be too proud. Sports has led society in so many critical areas. This is one where we fell behind. Now, given how often professional sports breaks its own arm, patting itself on the back as some sort of engine of social progress, Silver's words were very welcome. Yet now, Adam Silver has a chance to actually lead and not fall behind, and he needs to do it as soon as possible. The 2017 NBA All-Star Game is due to be held in Charlotte, North Carolina. Silver should announce as soon as possible that this game needs to be moved unless the state legislature overturns its new law set to go in effect April 1st, quote, blocking local governments from passing anti-discrimination rules to grant protections to gay and transgender people, end quote. The law was passed as a direct response to the city of Charlotte for passing an ordinance to protect gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people from being discriminated against by businesses. Outrageously, the North Carolina legislature scheduled an extraordinary special session, the first time they've done so in 35 years, to annul the Charlotte ordinance before it went into effect. It's remarkable how quick lawmakers leap to actually do their jobs when the work involves stripping people of their rights. It's also stunning how all of the Dixie peons to local control and states' rights go out the window as soon as it comes to the issue of actually oppressing discriminated against minorities. Now, the law also bans students from using restrooms that correlate with their gender identity if it's not what's listed on their birth certificate, and it even goes beyond that. The law is pushed now so any local city, like Charlotte or local town, can't pass anything unless it's approved by the state legislature. So if say you've passed a minimum wage raise in a city like Wilmington, uh uh-uh, it's not gonna happen because the very right-wing cabal that's been gerrymandered into existence in Raleigh will bigfoot anything you try to do. Again, it makes such a mockery of everything they say about local control. Ridiculous. They're not for local control. They are for hard, right-wing, highly bigoted control. This is about power. This is about oppression. It has nothing to do with anybody's rights, and this proves it. Let's also make no mistake about what this law is going to do. This law now empowers businesses across the state to put signs in their windows saying that they reserve the right to deny people who they perceive to be part of the LGBT community. Think about that for a second. The law empowers the gaydar of right-wing small business owners to legally discriminate. It also targets people for violence. Think about that for a second, about having to out yourself when you go into a restroom, if you identify as a woman, if you give the appearance of being a woman, but you're forced to go into the men's room or risk prison. Think about how that could actually open you up for violence. Now, in such a climate and under the shadow of such legislation, the NBA really only has one recourse, They need to move the 2017 All-Star Game and show the world that they're not going to put the employees and family members of the NBA at risk. Adam Silver needs to take this step. Charlotte should be a showcase for the greatest basketball on earth. It shouldn't be a showcase for bigotry imposed tyrannically by the state capitol. And I think it's worth remembering another comment from Commissioner Silver when Jason Collins made history several years back. Speaking of Bleacher Report, he said, I think we all have to be a little cautious about congratulating ourselves because it's long overdue. You know what else is long overdue? It's the NBA as a corporation actually taking a lead on LGBT issues and not waiting for its players and employees to take all the risks while they reap the PR rewards. Now Adam Silver's already made a statement about the law and that's very welcome. He said he's, there's concern that they're looking into it. You know, it sounds all very nicely. He says, quote, We are deeply concerned that this discriminatory law runs counter to our guiding principles of equality and mutual respect and do not yet know what impact it will have on our ability to successfully host the 2017 All-Star Game in Charlotte. No, no, no. Take it a step further, Adam. Say we're pulling it unless the law is overturned. That's the only way to go in this case. Otherwise, you run the risk yet again of falling behind when it comes to social progress don't follow lead and now the Just Stand Up Award uh, this one goes to somebody who passed away this week someone who I was proud to call a friend. This was Kevin Turner. Kevin Turner played in the National Football League. He played for Alabama. And then he was diagnosed with ALS, a.k.a. Lou Gehrig's disease. Now, if you don't know about ALS, I mean, it is absolutely brutal. It takes apart your body piece by piece. And here's Kevin Turner, who was once the big-time football player, big man on campus at Alabama, And his decision to be as public as he was with his ALS to raise awareness about the connections between playing tackle football and post-concussive syndrome and ALS, a connection, by the way, that the league still officially denies, was something that was incredibly brave for him to do. He chose to look weak. He chose to look humbled. He chose to look like someone who could not control his own body, and he made that choice with pride and with love in who he was. And I got no words about the amount of respect I have for Kevin Turner and will always have for Kevin Turner. He's a good man. And I'll tell you something else. For Kevin Turner to pass away the same week that Jerry Jones says he doesn't think there's a connection between CTE and football and Bruce Arians, the coach of the Cardinals, said some similarly jackass thing about... You know, parents are stupid if they don't let their kids play football. And the same week that the New York Times made all of these revelations about how the NFL cooks the books when it comes to concussions. To have Kevin Turner die in a parallel way to those other stories does what he lived for at the end of his life a grave disservice you got to see how this stuff intersects you got to see that it's the Kevin Turners of the world who the Jerry Joneses of the world see as collateral damage to their multi-billion dollar industry and that has to stop it's morally corrosive and we all suffer for it so yo that's all I got to say about that thank you so much to Don Cheadle Thank you so much to Bobito Garcia. Thank you to Katia Stitt and everybody at PFW. Thank you for DJ Wonder Mike, a.k.a. Mike Shields. Thank you, Dan Bloom, for always keeping it real. Thank you to our intern, Dustin Foote. And most of all, a huge, huge thank you to everybody out there who listens to the show. You can email me, Dave Zirin, at edgeofsports at or you could contact me whenever you want, at edgeofsports on Twitter. If you like the show, please rate it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please leave some comments. Please tell a friend. This is podcasting. All that word-of-mouth stuff, it helps a lot. So for all y'all out there, thank you so much for supporting the show. We are out of here. Peace.